Hey everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Iron Stream Podcast. I'm your host, Will Shingleton, and today we have a very special treat for you. We have an interview with Dr. Otis Ledbetter, who's a pastor out of California, and he thinks that he solved a big problem in the Christian church today that you may not even know exists. According to Otis, most of the problems that you may be having in your marriage, in your work life, and your family life all boil down to what he calls your soul hunger, which is the title of his book. I don't want to give too much away, so without any further ado, let's get to our interview with Dr. Otis Ledbetter on the Iron Stream Podcast. Welcome into season two now of the Iron Stream podcast. Today, I am talking to another one of our esteemed authors, Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter. Dr. Ledbetter, how are you doing this morning? I am doing well. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Super happy to. And so before we get to his book, which is called Soul Hunger, I just want to get a little bit of background about you. How did you decide to write the book? How did you become a writer in the first place? Just give us a, a little vignette of Dr. Otis. Well, I didn't really set out to be an author. Um, actually, <laughs> probably like a lot of authors, I didn't know, I didn't think anybody would want to read what I had to say um, because I thought it was for me and my family and for the people I pastor. Um, and I've pastored the people here uh, in uh, Clovis, California now, 33 years. It's my first pastorate and it's the only pastorate. I've ever had, and it's probably the only one I'll ever have. <laughs> uh, so, but I, um, uh, I I got into uh, authoring books uh, because my church uh, was unhealthy and unhappy, and I was doing a lot of counseling. And I thought, you know, this is uh, that's that's consuming a lot of time. So I decided to put a sermon series together on the home, on the family, and I did. And a long story short, um, Moody uh, Publishing uh, wanted to, you know, they, they published it as a book. Um, then Cook Communication came along and said, that's what we're looking for. They bought it from Moody and it just took off. And from that one book, um, Heritage Builders was, um, well, we we launched it uh, and uh, focused on the family asked to partner and we partnered with them and the rest is history. And I got into authoring books and I found out I liked it, Will. And I, um, what I like about it is um, um, you can do so much more than you ever thought you could do to perhaps impact uh, that message that's in your heart, impact folks on a grassroots level. And that's and that's how I got into it. Yeah, and that's like when we talk to people more and more, that's becoming more common of um, pastors who lead congregations and want to get their message out more or even more than they can do on Sunday morning during counseling sessions. So they either turn to writing books or, you know, making podcasts like the one that we have. So as, as you talk to more and more uh, people in your profession around the country, is that something that you've heard more and more and like, what would you say to somebody who wanted to either write books or do speaking engagements or, you know, whatever to try and to reach more people? I, I would tell them 
to write. In everybody I talk to, um, everybody's got their story. Everybody's got a story, and it's a good story. There are better writers out there, Will, than I will ever be that never get a chance to put their words on paper so other people can either be moved by what they say, be motivated by what they say. Um, and I think that's just too bad. So I encourage everybody, write. everybody's got a book in them. Everybody I talk to has a book in them. And I say write, even if a publisher never picks you up, write because it's it's a catharsis for you and it's a learning process. And I'll tell you, I learn more in writing than I ever learn in just picking up a book and reading. Um, so I encourage people to write. Yeah. And, and so once you started writing, once you started getting more of your message out there to your congregation and even past it, what was the reaction like from the people that you were ministering to? I was, uh, uh, it, it came as a surprise. Like I said, I wasn't sure anybody would want to read what I had to say. Um, I knew I believed it very deeply and I wrote a lot on family and our family, my family was super important to me as well as my wife. She's an author too. And um, you know, the door just opened up for us and we were surprised at the, um, at the number of people who wrote us, the number of people who said, why didn't I hear this 30 years ago when my children were growing up? Um, and it, it absolutely, um, in, down deep in my heart, gives me great pleasure that I'm able to help families. And um, so as a result, I don't want to stop writing. So, so I'm, that's what I'm doing. I think you're probably the third person that we've had on here that said that their wife was uh, the, the person that spurred them on to do uh, what they're doing now. So well, what was, what what I was tell- Yeah. That's what I tell people everywhere I go. We, we the doors have opened all over the world, uh, in Russia, in, in Europe, Germany, and France, and Great Britain, and India, and and South America. They've opened, and we've gone and spoke. And people ask, "Where did you get the material that you you're writing on?" And I tell them, and it's it's truthful. I just watched what my wife did in the home, and I wrote it down. <laughs> So, uh, so I encouraged her to write, and we did. We wrote uh, a book, Family Fragrance, together, which is, uh, you know, um, to fill your home with the aroma of love. And does your, you know, does does your home warm the heart, or does it tighten the stomach? And she can she can certainly uh, build a home that warms the heart. So she should have been writing. So she did. That's how it all happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that experience like? I can just I can imagine that writing a book with your wife could be very cathartic and good for building a relationship. I could also imagine it would be uh, very stressful at times. And so, what what was you, what was that experience you, like for you guys? You said it right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I said one time when writing this book, divorce was never an issue, but homicide was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then just joking. Yes, very stressful at, at times, but now. Um, that we got it down on paper, uh, we are very pleased with with how it turned out. So let's talk about Soul Hunger just a little bit. How did you get to, well, first of all, just kind of give us a little um, vignette of what Soul Hunger is about, uh, how you got to wanting to write about that particular topic, and eventually how, how you want it to be used. 
Um, as a pastor, uh, Will, I, um, I, I had people say to me, they would come up and say to me, Pastor, I, uh, I read my Bible, I pray, I go to church on a regular basis. You know, I, I, I've done all the things that people tell me that I should do. Um, and I still don't have a, a spirit walk. I'm still stuck. I am still stymied and I just need to know what to do. And, you know, that bothered me because I'm one of the ones that says, read your Bible and pray. And I know that's reducing it to the simplest form, but that's what it is. Read your Bible and pray. That's talking to God and God talking to you. And yet these these folks are saying to me, something is missing here. And so I, I begin to ask the Lord, you know, I, I need to meet the needs of those that you have given me. And our church was growing uh, very fast at that time. And uh, uh, so God, um, in, in reading reading the scriptures, God took me across the book of Galatians. And I got stuck in chapter five of Galatians because in that chapter were two lists. Um, and in it, I think... Uh, God was speaking to me about the very things that my people were asking me about the spirit walk. He said, the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. And then he put two lists. And well, if you look at those two lists, they absolutely look like they have nothing in common. There's a list of the works of the flesh that looks just like a pile of human debris running over with wreckage. And then right after that, following that is the fruit of the spirit where he says there's you don't need any laws to to impede the flow of any of this. No, all the laws are for the works of the flesh. And yet he's got those two lists in one chapter and God doesn't do things by accident. And I looked at those two and I began to ask questions myself. I asked some of my seminary professors. I asked some uh, some theologians. Um, what do the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit have in common? They're side by side in that scripture, something I'm missing uh, in those two. And they said to me, they have absolutely nothing to do with each other. And I couldn't accept that. Uh, you, you know, you get that, that feeling inside you and it's almost a haunting thing that they've got to, they've got to have something in common because they're warring against each other. What is the territory they're warring over? It's not my soul because my soul has been taken care of with, with the blood of Christ. What are they warring over? And that's what, uh, that's what kind of, uh, I become nonplussed. And so I just took huge post-it notes, those executive post-it notes. And on the wall of my office across from my desk, I wrote the, the uh, nine fruits of the spirit and stuck them on the wall. And beside them, I wrote the 17 works of the flesh and stuck them on the wall. And every morning when I came in, I would pray. Those were the first things I would see. And I would ask God, something is missing here. Something is missing. And if I'll tell you, Will, I challenge anybody to put those two lists side by side. Because when you put those two lists side by side, a third list emerges between them. And that's ground zero. That's the battle zone. That's where the war is taking place. And it's a common ground. And it is uh, human hungers. Uh, 
God at birth has has uh, given us human hungers, which we spend our lives trying to gratify. And so I started writing down what hungers those would be. And really, I came dozens and dozens uh, came on that third list. And then I begin using the law of reductionism. What what were the redundancies? And when I reduce them to nine, they seem to be irreducible after that. And then that made sense to me because there's nine fruit of the spirit that satisfy these hunger. Um, and so there would be nine hungers because C.S. Lewis is right. God would never give you a hunger that he could not satisfy. So there were nine. I reduced them to nine. And then it just be- began to come clear to me. The fruits of the spirit and the works of the flesh, the two lists seem to be opposites with some great impassable gulf fixed between them. Yet both lists offered answers, two sides, each challenging the other over common ground, yet yielding opposing outcomes. And I began to see this is what my people are asking me. Yeah, they're reading their Bible. Yeah, they're praying. Yeah, they're going to church. But on a daily basis, they're trying to satisfy these hungers with the works of the flesh. And you can't walk in the spirit when you're trying to satisfy these hungers with uh, uh, with the deeds of the flesh. You can't because, you see, there's a righteous prescription for every soul hunger. But there's also an unrighteous resolution. And. A.W. Tozer said it, our bias is toward the wilderness as humans. Our heart's bias is toward the wilderness. And we will go there first. And that's where <clears throat> I thought my, my people were going. So <clears throat> I began to identify and um, these hungers and give them a face. And when I did, it just all started to make sense to me. Um, in other words, <clears throat> if you look on that chart that's on my wall, um, on the left-hand side, the first fruit of the Spirit is love. If you cross over the common ground and look at that other list on the right-hand side, the first two works of the flesh are adultery and fornication. And somehow I saw those things answer the same question. They answer the hunger of intimacy, connection, Um and I know that the, the flesh's cheap imitation of adultery and fornication, what we call making love, it, it is a, a seductive siren song, especially for people who desire connection so strongly that they will believe what they know to be a lie. And they go that direction. And I, 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 I saw the correlation. God says, I can give you love. I can satisfy your hunger for intimacy. I can satisfy your hunger for connection. And the devil comes along and he says, he's got one. I got two. And I can give you these two and I can get it done quicker than waiting around for agape love. And then I moved down to the next one. And I saw uh, over on the left hand side was Joy, that's the second fruit of the Spirit. And on the right-hand side, the works of the flesh, two more, uncleanness and licentiousness. You know, here's joy. And on the other side is what we call a cheap thrill. You know, something that some people think is joy, but it is not lasting. And what is the hunger? Well, it's happiness. We want to be happy. 
and it's even written in our constitution, you know, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, and so as I began to go down that, it just began to make sense to me. And a chart, um, that, that three-fold chart came in. Here's the works of the uh, the flesh here on the right side. Over here is the fruit of the Spirit. And ground zero, our hungers. That's where the battle is every day. Um, and it's a choice. It's a choice of which how we're going to feed that hunger. So when I saw that, that's I, at, uh, actually at first um, – I was just going to write a book on anger. And when I saw this, I, we were dealing with some people uh, in counseling sessions with anger. And I thought, you know, this will work when you get down. It's an issue. The hunger is control. And so I was going to write a book on anger. And, it, and well, this was this was 13 years ago <laughs> when this all started happening. Um, this has been a 13 year work. I look back. In my computer, in February 1st, 2006, I sent a proposal to a literary agent, and uh, he took it, and yet God would not allow me to go further with that. He said, there's much more. So I pulled it back, and for the last 13 years, I have been studying these hungers. I've been studying how they correlate. I've been studying the common ground, this ground zero, where the endless war takes place, and I think you know, I put it into a book and I really believe this is going to be helpful to those people who say the same things as some of my people said, pastor, I am stuck. I'm stymied. Even though I'm reading my Bible and praying, what is wrong? And I think this gives an answer for that question. So that's how it came about. Yeah. So practically, let, let's think about if I am a person who comes to you and says, Dr. Ledbetter, this is what I'm struggling with, and you point them in that direction towards the book, what is the process like for someone who reads through the book uh, for addressing those specific hungers with what you're talking about? I um, I would say to them in chapter 11 of the book, and, and I realize this is at the end, but in chapter 11 of the book, what you'll find is a survey for evaluating your hungers. And I also have one online. Anybody listening can go to um, hungertest.com and there's 10 questions uh, there that you can answer. And it's interesting because there's 27 in, uh, on the evaluation in the book, but nobody on social media is going to answer 27 questions. <laughs> and the webmaster uh, so brilliant. He he figured out an algorithm somehow that the 27 questions all can be answered in a microcosm of 10 in the 10 questions. And when you answer those 10 questions, immediately you'll get an email back that tells you what your your dominant hunger, what hunger you're struggling with right now. And it will send you a synopsis of the chapter that will help you begin to understand. But if you go to 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 chapter 11 in the book, uh, I would urge the person who gets the book to take that evaluation soon. In fact, if you take it before you read the book, it will help you better understand the hungers that you're currently struggling with and trying to satisfy. You see, the evaluation, um, <clears throat> those 27 questions, each having nine possible answers. And as you follow the instructions for the evaluation, those hungers you're seeking to feed will become obvious. 
And when you see your results, you might be tempted to dismiss them out of hand, but please don't. Remember, these will be your answers, not my guesses. And people who have taken this evaluation, I've used this now, this evaluation for a year now, Will, in counseling, and everybody tells me, Pastor or Otis, this has been spot on. (laughs) This has been spot on. And if we have time, I'd like to just share uh, one person uh, who uh, they could not get this thing right, and they took the evaluations, and we found exactly what was going on in their marriage. Um, But that's what I found out. I use it as a counseling tool myself, but you can, the person who gets the book can, uh, can take the evaluation. And then along with evaluation, Will, in the back of the book, in the appendices, I provided um, uh, a compilation of scripture passages. They're not exhaustive, but they're thorough that parallel the hunger that's described in each chapter. And if a person just studies those scriptures, along with some careful guidance that I've included in the appendices, they will begin to move toward a more rewarding life, I believe, of true fulfillment, because they're going to find out they probably have been going to the flesh to fulfill that hunger. And you can't walk in the spirit when you're fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Let's talk about that evaluation for a second, because I, I think that's brilliant. I think that's a really, really good idea. Uh, so was that something that you had always envisioned along with the book, or was that, that just – like what was the, the chicken or the egg there? Did that just come out no, of, as an outpouring? Yeah. No, it came along. When I, when I was looking at those three lists on my wall, um, you know, trying to think uh, at a deeper level, you know, how, how could we – how will this help? I, it came across my mind if they knew um, what the hunger was. And uh, so the thought came, can we do an evaluation? Can that help? Well, I um, called a, a friend who had worked for Family Life with Dennis Rainey and been in his IT department. And um, his name is Glenn. And I, I asked him about this. He said, yeah, I think I can help you on this. And so we started the process, and uh, in, with his knowledge, uh, he gave me a, 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 you know, a ton of encouragement. And he says, yes, this can be done. What you want can be done, and, but you'll need to find a webmaster that can do it. And I did. I've, I searched and found a webmaster. We worked on this thing together, and um, um, it, it just was like a dream come true. Because now I know uh, when somebody comes to me, they take the evaluation. I know their dominant hunger and what, how they're trying to feed it. I can go right to it and I can give them solution. Just go to the fruit of the spirit. Thus, and there are tons of scripture uh, in, that, in the back of that book that would help anybody that way. And that took a lot of time to, to, to find all of those scriptures and to get them down so that would be helpful for whoever is struggling. And so it came later. The evaluation came later, but it is a powerful tool for uh, for counseling. If somebody is counseling, take this evaluation and give it to them, um, and you will see. Or for self help, if a person just wants to figure it out for themselves, it's but it's their answers, and so they will see. And by the way, what we have found is if you there are there are nine hungers 
And when you take the evaluation, at the end of that evaluation, it's how many times you've answered for that particular hunger. And you'll find you have a dominant hunger, but those other eight hungers will flex maybe from month to month or week to week. The numbers flex. And I have people now who have the book. And in the back of the book, they keep a log of their numbers on a weekly basis. And they, they are seeing those hungers change and they see where that other, the other small skirmishes in, in their life happen on a daily basis. Um, the three uh, fruits of the spirit in that chart that's there are divided. The first three fruit of the spirit go to the, your relationship to God. The second three fruit of the spirit go to your relationship with others. And the third three fruit of the spirit goes to your relationship with yourself. So when you look at those hungers, you can even see where you're having the difficulty with others, with yourself, between you and God, where that hunger lies. So it really is a valuable asset to this book, I believe, with all my heart. Yeah. And just very quickly, I just want to get a little bit of practical application for somebody who may be struggling with these hungers and not know about it. Um, let's let's you know make believe here for a second and just just give a little example of somebody who comes up to you or um doesn't come up to you like is struggling with this independently give us an example of one of the hungers how it might present itself and uh and maybe if you can remember this as well uh what the book might have to say about it and how the evaluation can help you know all that stuff Oh, sure. That's a that's a good question, Will. Thank you for asking it. Um, I have a good friend who um, um, called me on the phone, and uh, I was sitting in my living room getting ready actually to watch some uh, some football, and the phone rang, and it was my friend, and, and and he's in the book. He allowed me to put his story in the book, so I'm not giving anything you know that that is confidential and he he said to me he said oh this uh this is not a happy call he said my wife and he called her name uh of 47 years is leaving she's leaving me he pastored a church and had built a really strong actually a very good sized church of uh, 1200 uh, uh, member church and uh, i was shocked and while I was talking to him, my phone rang and I looked at my phone and it was his wife trying to call me at the same time. And um, so I went ahead and talked to him. I called her back later and I asked her what's going on. And she said, I've lived with an angry man for 47 years and I've put up with it 47 years. I don't have that much time left in this life and I'm not going to live the rest of my life with an angry man. That's exactly what she said. Well, I had never seen that before. I'd spent a lot of time with him, and I'd never seen that. My wife had never seen that in him. So I asked him, uh, would you take the evaluation? And I asked her if she would take the evaluation. They both said yes. I wanted to know what their hunger was. And um, I got them back, and in his numbers on his hunger, anger would be under the, the hunger for control. Um, if you look in the chart, control, the, the fruit of the spirit uh, says, uh, 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 you know, uh, 
one thing and the works of the flesh says another thing to satisfy this control. And so as I was looking over his uh, uh, his evaluation, under control, it was zero. There wasn't any anger. He wasn't hungry for control. He was so there, there. There was no anger there. As a matter of fact, the fruit of the spirit is kindness. That's the opposite of that. And he was a kind person. Um, and it so it 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 threw me for a loop until I looked and I saw that his major hunger was achievement. It was under achievement. He wanted to achieve. So I asked him why. And I, and I said, does it make sense that your hunger is achievement? He said, it makes perfect sense. He said, that's what I live my life to do. I want to achieve. I have this deep hunger for achievement. Well, no wonder it came out. And it was it was one of the highest. I mean, it was way up there. That hunger was way up there on his list. So I began to ask him some questions. And I, this, is what, this is what I got from him. Before they got married 47 years ago, he had surrendered to pastor and his pastor told him, if you marry her, you will never build anything. You will never be worth anything. That's what he told him. Well, they were in love, so he married her anyway. And uh, he said, long story short, the rest of my life, I wanted to prove him wrong. And I, I, I set out my life to build a church bigger than his. And he did. He built a church bigger than his pastor's church because he wanted to show his pastor is wrong. But the achievement was so great. And what you have to understand, it, uh, don't don't confuse achievement with um, uh, uh, ambition. They're different. Ambition has a dark side. Achievement does not. Ambition, you can be selfish ambition, naked ambition, raw ambition, all of that. And that that's what had happened. And what what he was doing, he wasn't angry at his wife. He provided everything for her that a, that a woman could want. Only his achievement was, his hunger was so deep that all he could see past her was he was going to prove his pastor wrong. And his raw ambition for achievement, um, he just ran over her. He didn't see her in the way. He didn't know what he was doing. But when he saw that the fruit of the spirit uh, is envy and murder, it began to make sense to him. Um, and he said, he said to me, he said, Otis, you got me down here where, where the murderers are. I said, I don't have you anywhere. Those are your answers. Not my, not my guesses. That's where you put yourself. And you have to understand that you can kill a lot of things other than the physical. And the Bible calls it uh, heart murder. If you hate your brother, you've already committed murder. And um, you can also kill other things like somebody's reputation or character. And I said, and your wife told me that you have killed all of the love that she's ever had for you. And he saw that hunger. So he went back and he took the evaluation again. And he called me back and he said the number even second time even went up higher on achievement. So I, I, he said, I want the chapter and we had, the book was not, the manuscript was not finished yet. He said, would you send me your manuscript on, on, uh, um, uh, achievement? And so I did, um, I sent it to him. Uh, he's a close friend. I knew he would guard it. 
and uh, as a result, uh, it he 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 saw himself where he was, what he was trying to feed. He saw, you see, achievement is under the relationship to self. So his relationship to God and relationship to others was they they were suffer, uh, suffering. So he saw where he was, and he's made adjustments. And uh, things are going along for him pretty swimmingly right now. But he didn't know that he was trying to feed that hunger that she saw as anger. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. An incredible story. And the book is wonderful. Thank you so much, Otis, for writing it and coming on the show with us and, and sharing your heart behind it. And, yeah, anything else you want to throw in before we get you out of here? Well, I just, I, I just want people to understand those those hungers. If you fulfill them correctly, you can have a fantastic spiritual walk with God. So, my, of course, I'm going to say, get the book, and let mm -hmm. me talk to you. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Doctor Ledbetter. It was a pleasure having you You're on. Very well. Otis's book, Soul Hunger, is available under the uh, Iron Stream banner. Check it, look out for it wherever books are sold. And I'll just thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure, Will. Thank you. Otis is a fantastic guy, and his system is not only really interesting and it's an amazing idea, but it's also really effective. And this isn't just for people who are having trouble in certain areas. Really, if you just want to understand a little bit more about yourself and want to go to a deeper level spiritually, understanding who you are, I highly recommend that you go to his website and take the test. We'll include the link to the website in the show notes. Now, just as a reminder, Otis's book, Soul Hunger, which details the system and goes into a lot of Otis's story, is available wherever books are sold and on the Iron Stream website. Next week, we will have Tina Yeager on the show promoting her new book, Beautiful Warrior. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode from this week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Until next time, I'm Will Shingleton, and this has been the Iron Stream Podcast.